Hello and welcome. My name is Audrey Bullis. I'm a Programs and Communications Associate at the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy, also known as Time Up. Today I'm joined by Karim Merhej, Time Up's non-resident fellow focusing on socioeconomic and political issues in Lebanon and Jordan, and a researcher and writer with The Public Source. Thank you, Karim, for joining me. Over the last year, Lebanese elites across the traditional parties have evaded justice and consistently hindered efforts to credibly investigate the entirely preventable August 4th Beirut port explosion, which killed hundreds and injured thousands. Karim, you and your colleagues at The Public Source published a photo essay last week documenting a significant escalation in the obstruction of the investigation. Can you give us a brief overview of what exactly happened and why? So for several months, the investigative judge, Tariq Bitar, has been trying to summon four ex-ministers and a former prime minister for questioning. And three of the ministers are close uh, allies of Hezbollah. And these suspects have been filing complaints to the court of cassation for several months now, trying to get Tariq Bitar removed. But their attempts have been so far unsuccessful. So ultimately, it appears that Hezbollah has now taken the lead in trying to stop the investigation. And as a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, a senior Hezbollah official reportedly sent a threatening letter to the judge, and the party started claiming that the investigation is politicized and catering to foreign agendas. And last Thursday, a protest was called for uh, by Hezbollah and its ally, the Amal Movement, in front of the Palace of Justice. So the protest began quite aggressively, but then it turned deadly. And from leaked footage that was uh, seen in the media, it appears that a soldier in the Lebanese army was uh, shot at a particularly provocative protester. And this was followed by snipers likely belonging to the Lebanese forces, um, a rival political party, uh, started to shoot at the protesters and the latter took up arms and shot back. Ultimately, seven were killed, including a mother of five killed by a stray bullet in her home and a man who was a delivery driver working in the area. And although Hezbollah is taking the lead in uh, trying to delegitimize Tariq Bitar, this does not mean that the other parties of the ruling class are in any way sympathetic to the investigation. Right. So following this deadly escalation that you've described, what's the status of the investigation now and what can we expect next? So it appears that the ministers belonging to Hezbollah and the Amal movement have decided to boycott uh, the meetings of the Council of Ministers until a quote-unquote solution to the Bitar problem is found. And this comes at a time when Lebanon is experiencing a catastrophic socioeconomic collapse and an acute financial crisis when, at a time when a cabinet is needed to usher in much-needed policies to halt the collapse. And unfortunately, it appears that the public discourse has shifted to some extent away from the investigation, away from accountability and justice, and more towards whether Hezbollah has the right to bear arms, whether the Lebanese forces are a militia, and who started what, and so on. In the meantime, the investigative judge is continuing with the probe, but we're likely to see more insidious ways of obstructing the investigation. And just to give an example, uh, one of the leading voices of the Committee of the Families of the Victims of the Blast, who since day one has been a firm supporter of Tariq Bitar, uh, he appeared in a video that was widely shared on social media where uh, he basically announced that he was withdrawing his support and it really appears clear that he was making this, this statement while under threat. Such an alarming thing to see. So one way of looking at this episode, Kadim, is that it illustrates the extreme prevalence of political interference in the judiciary in Lebanon. 
But my question is, where does this politicization and resulting paralysis that you describe come from? And can we expect any reform in this area with a new government in place? So since the end of the Civil War in the early 1990s, Lebanon has been ruled by kleptocrats, to you know, uh, put it briefly, where public funds and the Lebanese state have been seen more as a vehicle for self-enrichment by them, by these kleptocrats. And the judiciary has never been able to hold any senior official to account, despite very credible allegations of corruption being made throughout the years, despite evidence being leaked uh, here and there. And this is largely because the structure of the judiciary in both the civil and the administrative judiciary is heavily uh, in favor of politicization. Uh, For example, in the civil judiciary, the cabinet appoints uh, most members of the High Judicial Council, while the public prosecution office is the, the seats in it or the public prosecutors are heavily politicized and also divided on a sectarian basis. So... In a nutshell, the judiciary is heavily prone to political interference and judges who are close to the ruling class are usually the ones who are rewarded with senior positions. And although two law proposals have been submitted in recent years to radically re-reform the judiciary, it is likely that the parliamentary committee looking into them will dilute or defang them. And I really don't believe that the current government headed by a prime minister who faces significant allegations of corruption will be able to, or will be even willing to genuinely reform the judiciary. And there's much more to get into, but for a more in-depth resource, I actually have a two-part analysis that will be published by the Tahrir Institute on this topic very soon. Kareem, really appreciate you joining us today and sharing your thoughts and expertise. I look forward to your upcoming analysis and to our next conversation. Thank you so much.